Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Couple of announcements. Beep, 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 beep. Our live stream for our Patreon and Supercast will be this Sunday. And check your local listings, i.e. your posts from Supercast and uh, Patreon. You should be getting emails. If you're not, I don't know how to help you. So I don't even know what we're doing yet. So I can't even tell you what we're watching. So you're really going to have to look for that post. So you're going to know what we're going to be talking about. Or you can just be surprised. Yeah, be surprised. I mean, it's Halloween, so I have a couple ideas. Do you? Yeah. I was actually thinking of doing like a really cheesy Lifetime movie. Yeah. Could be fun. I've done the Halloween movies in the past. I think I've done them all. Yeah, we'll have to decide what we're going to do. So this episode that we are going to be talking about, this was actually might throw people off. So you really need to follow us on social media because I will be announcing that we are doing this episode because it's not the Friday episode. It's the Thursday episode. And I know people are going to get mad, but I did tell you now that there's a Thursday, we might sometimes choose the Thursday. And here we are choosing the Thursday. Oh, we may do Friday another time because Friday is oh, we totally very, very good. I already took half the notes on Fridays. Oh, I'm prepared. I haven't even finished it yet. I was watching with my parents, so I don't even know who did it. I don't either. I'm not done either. It's great, though. Yeah, we will do it. This one also is a secret. And you know we have to do every episode that has secrets in the title. Correct. So secrets in Pleasant Prairie is what this episode is called. Not to be confused with secrets in Pleasant Grove, which is a Patreon Supercast episode that we did. It's one of my all-time classic episodes that I've seen a million times. Or Under the Prairie Sky. Or Under the Prairie Sky. Or Prairie Confidential. Right. So that's a thrice episodes that you could be confusing this with, but this is Secrets in Pleasant Prairie. This is brand new. Brand new. It aired on October 12th, 2023, season 32, episode four, hosted by Andrea Canning. Friday was also Andrea Canning. We have the weekend O Andrea. Twofer. Twofer. And I did want to point out, I haven't really mentioned it thus far, trying to not dwell on it, but I did kind of hope that season 32, Lester would come back to the vests and that season 31 was just a fever dream. But no go. He is not wearing the vests in season 32. He has a new stylist. Is it you? Have you betrayed me? I would prefer to say nothing on that topic. Let's move along. Okay. (laughs) Also, Lester is in Israel right now, and it's very scary, and he has traded his vest for a a bulletproof vest. Oh, be safe, Vester. Be Be safe. safe, Vester Lester. So this episode takes place in Kenosha County, Wisconsin, in a village called Pleasant Prairie. I kind of didn't know there were villages anymore. I kind of think villages are just in Europe. You didn't know there were villages, even though I've begged you to watch the the documentary on the villages? That's a village. That's a community. So is this. But this is like a, I think it's a village. It's like a town. I think it's a suburb, and they're just calling it a village. Is it a residential community that they're calling a village? Yes. Or is it like a precinct? That's not the right word. A district. A municipality. Can you tell me, bro? Can you run down the differences? I don't between know what those? any of those are. Darn it. So, okay. It's an area. 
is it? Township. Space. Township. Kenosha County, Christmas time, 1998, the year of Patch Adams and a remake of Rear Window starring Christopher Reeve and Daryl Hannah. Oh, I forgot about that and could have stayed forgetting about that. Also, is that Spice Girls? Uh, yeah. Is Spice World 1998? Yes, somewhere in there. Okay. But when I Googled movies of 1998, those were two that came up. I had never heard of this Christopher Reeve movie. I don't know how I feel about it. I remember it. I remember. I didn't see it. I'm a, I have something about it makes me uncomfortable. Don't just don't do it. Stop remaking I, stuff. Yeah, stop it. So this is the story of Julie Jensen, mother of two young boys. She was found one day by her husband, Mark. She's under the covers in bed, not breathing. It's confusing death because there's no obvious signs of death. And as this is happening across town, the district attorney, Bob Jamboyce, who is our main interview, mm-hmm. Also, the most confusing last name, because every time Andrea said Jan Boyce, I thought she was saying Jan Boyce, like two names, but she's saying Jan Boyce, and she just calls him by his last name. I immediately go to Bake Off, because Jan Boyce sounds like something that you would make on Bake Off, maybe in a technical. Oh, yeah. Today, we're going to be making 15 Jan Boyces. They must be identical in shape. You have two and a half hours. Right. Everyone check out our second podcast, A Date with the Bake. With Jake. more of that content. Mm -hmm. That's not a joke. We really do have a second podcast called A Date with the Bake. So Jam Boyce and his wife, Beverly, are sitting being interviewed by Andrea. And this confused the heck out of me. Now, normally, I felt like we would only be meeting the DA. Why are we meeting his wife? I was very confused. And she's telling the story how they were at this fancy black tie dinner. And he's in a tux and she's in a gown. And then he gets paged that there's been a death. And he leaves her at the gala or whatever. And I am screaming, you seem lovely, Beverly, but what are you doing here? I was excited. We very rarely have somebody bring their spouse in. And I was like, maybe she loves Dateline. Maybe she really wanted to meet Andrea. And they put her in there because she's a teeny tiny part of the story. I was excited for Bev. I'm happy for Bev, but also I'm a little bitter thinking just because your husband's the DA doesn't mean you get to plus one yourself onto Dateline. I figured she might have a bigger part. I figured she might be integral. I'm hoping she solved the case. It seems like they might tag team a lot of cases. We'll get so to it. This It's very confusing what Beverly's doing there, but we're going to find out eventually. Yeah, we are. So Jam thought that Julie's body looked strange when he gets to the crime scene because her arm is underneath her and he thought it was very unnatural. And I thought, I don't find that unnatural. I sleep with my arms and my hands like on me, underneath me, until they fall asleep. And then I have to sh- wake up and shake them out and then I go right back to it. I find it comforting. <laughs> so... We're getting lots of uh, EMT home camcorder footage from the crime scene or what they think is the crime scene. Again, there's no obvious signs of death, but they're suspicious. And so they're filming a lot of it on camcorder. You know I paused to look at everything that was in the house. We have Yankee candles. We have a messy kitchen, Nilla wafers, lots of wallpaper with leaves on it. I saw a big fake plant. I saw a Looney Tunes mug. But the most curious thing I saw was a plunger in the bathtub. Yeah. Did the bathtub get clogged? 
Yeah, you have to do that sometimes if your drain gets clogged. You have to plunge the thing and get the hairball up or whatever's in there. Does the hairball come up with a plunger? You've never had to do that? No. I mean, I use a drain cover over my shower drain because of my hair. Yeah, but sometimes it's just older, much older place. Yeah. It's sometimes just too much. And there's too much hair if there's multiple people. It never even occurred to me. I think I've seen people do it. I know that we did it when our drain down here got crazy. It was the first thing we tried to do was plunge it and figure out what the clog was. And then it turned out to be a tree root, which you cannot unplunge. No, you can't. I have, I have had that issue. That you have to call a machine. That's a plumber job. Yeah. And if he's the plumber that worked at my building, he makes you very uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> but boy. he no longer works there. So I outlasted that plumber. Is he in prison? I don't know. Did you look? Maybe. Don't know. Oh, boy. So Jam says, at this juncture, we didn't have enough probable cause to get a search warrant. And I loved the way it sounded. And I'm going to try to say it now on this podcast to sound smarter. Okay. Jam has an idea at this juncture to get to search the house. He goes and tells Mark, the husband, Will you, we kind of like need to do a search of your residence at this juncture. Do you mind? And Mark says, okay, sure. He's distraught. So Jam kind of got in there in a little sneaky way and kind of just got Mark to agree to it. So this means he can search and he can take the family computers, the family's home computer. Now, Jam was surprised to see a home computer because this is 98 and this is apparently the first crime scene where he's seen a home computer. Now, I was very surprised by that because I feel like we had one in the mid-90s or early 90s. You could only play Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego on it. I don't think you could print or do anything else. But on Twitter, Dateline asked, when did you have your first computer? A lot of people got theirs mid-80s. So some richy people out there. They also knew the exact year which I found strange, like it was the year they gave birth to their child. 83. I know exactly what model it was. Wow. Isn't that impressive? See, I feel like I would remember a gaming system before I remember computer. Mm-hmm. A computer, I don't, I don't remember at all. No, ma'am. So the manner of death for Julie comes back undetermined, which is no surprise. They really couldn't tell what happened to her, which is kind of funny that they are investigating so much. It may be, but she's so young. She's 48. I guess they want to look into it anyways. 48. 40. I rewound 40. it because I got confused with the 1998, and then they say she's 40. Wow. I really wrote down 48. So 40-year-old Julie Jensen. And then we finally know why Beverly has been there this whole time with her husband, Jam, the DA. She is an attorney, and he had her look into Julie. She found out she was a very dedicated mother. Her license plate said, my three Ds, Daddy, David, and Douglas. And Andrea says, aw. It is an aw. Yeah. It's parent personalized license plate and then something tragic happens is an aw. It's sad. Yeah. Interestingly, officers already knew Julie very well. And she knew them by name because she has been calling the police for years to report harassment. This is where it gets K-Scandalique. She was getting hang-up calls and pornographic pictures outside of her house and at Mark's work. It is not okay. 
And then they have two young children. That's gross. What are you doing? That's bad. I mean, I guess anyone who's doing this is a total perv and monster. So why do I think they have morality when it comes to children? And Jam believes that these are related, these pornographic photos and Julie's death, because he doesn't believe in coincidences. Neither do I, Jammy Jam. So she kept a log. Julie kept a log of all the harassments. So she'd write down smart photos left on this date outside the car. New tactic, penis photos. And Jam says this to Andrea, and I did laugh out loud, even though this is horrific, but it was just the bluntness of which he said it to Andrea Canning that I, I laughed out of nervousness. It, it also makes me question, well, what were the other ones labeled? The, I mean, how bad did these photos get? I hope nothing worse than penis photos. I'm concerned. I pray no animals were in any of the photos. Also, were they photos or were they printouts? That's what's hard to tell. Okay. Were they surveillance photos or were they, I don't know. Or were they grainy printouts that would be from the 90s? Print something, could, print, could you print a photo from the internet? You'll see why we're questioning this later because it's yeah. how. So Julie was embarrassed about these photos and she was very paranoid about the harassment. She called the police dozens of times yeah. in the years before she died. Yeah. But the police were too busy. What's going on in Kenosha that they can't deal with poor Julie getting penis photos? They told her, essentially, you might want to hire a private investigator. What are they doing in Kenosha? Maybe Kenosha is way bigger than I think. And it they might have be. lots of crime. So Drugs, maybe? They, maybe drugs, they have gangs? I don't know. I don't know. Violence they of had other a kinds. Lot, in the late 90s, they had a lot going on. So I don't think a stalking or an incident like this, it tracks that in the late 90s, that would just be like the last priority. Yeah, they didn't take stalking no. very seriously. Even some places still don't. Right. So they told her, hire a private investigator. So they called PI Dave Ellis, who was a former police officer, now a PI. And she revealed to him that she had had a one-night stand affair with a coworker named Perry years earlier. And Mark knew about this. So they tell the PI, we think this might be Perry that's doing this. And Perry lived in another state. So when they had told the police this, the police thought this it's not him. But Julie and Mark think Perry wanted to harass so much that he was driving from South Dakota to Wisconsin on the weekends to harass, to do some weekend harassment. You have to harass so badly to want to cross state lines to harass every weekend. You have to harass so badly. You have to want to, you have to really want it. You're missing, you're losing your weekend. You're losing your football watching time. You're losing time with your friends and family. You're dedicating your whole weekend to harass, to drive many hours and harass. What, what happened here that was so bad? I feel like I'm missing something that he would want to harass. They literally hooked up one time and that was it. She said no more. But did he want more and was pushing her in other phone calls or messaging somehow to be like, I want more of you? Maybe, but she had eventually said no enough that he had moved to another state. So you would think he's over and then it. had decided to do this sneaky harassing. This just doesn't exactly. make any sense without more context of that Perry's upset. No, I don't see him driving across state line. I mean, I'm sure some people do do want to harass that badly, but I don't get this guy's motivation. Now, then we learn more about the photos. The photos were, some of them, 
a woman performing mm-hmm. acts on a man. And Andrea, who's a consummate reporter, she's dedicated. She says, could you see faces in the photos? That's the question. That's bingo, Andrea. But you couldn't see faces. So these might just be random photos that someone got from the internet or... How? I think that in the late nine, You know, porn was one of the first... Porn, porn is the mother of necessity. So if people want their porn, they're going to do it. So that's what a lot of those computer programmers in the 90s right. where we must get the people their porn. It's just the printing of it that I, I'm questioning. Well, you're going to go through a lot of ink and it's not going to be good quality. So you might not even know that that's what was actually happening in the picture. Right. And then you got to do the you got to peel off the little perforated edges. Was that still the, in the 90s? Yeah, that's bad. This is long time. It's like printing one line at a time, you know? So not only is Perry driving across states, he's going through hundreds of dollars of toner mm-hmm. and getting horrible resolution photos to do this. Were there words written on them? Like you B word or right. you anything like that? I don't know. Because also, who's to say that they're only targeting her? Well, right, because they was also going on Mark's car at work. Yeah, there you go. But she felt like it was directed towards her. Oh, she started getting them through her email, too. There we go. Okay. AOL.com. Then Andrea goes on a ride along with the PI. And in his SUV, did you notice his SUV has a one of those cartoon cat drawings and a heart sticker on the back window? And I thought, A, he borrowed his wife's car. B, he's doing it to look incognito, to blend in and look like a suburban soccer mom. Why wouldn't that be his sticker? Why are you I'm being sorry. sexist about the cat with the heart? A cartoon cat with hearts. Oliver would do that. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, he would. Mm-hmm. It would say cat daddy. So yeah. they go to Mark's workplace because... The PI said, well, if they're showing up at Mark's car at work Friday afternoon, let me go do a stakeout and I'll sit there for the afternoon and I'll watch and see if anyone drops something off. How do you know it's showing up Friday afternoons? Is he going because to lunch the same time every day and coming out and Friday? And that's there's, the, yes. And then there's the, then there's the, the thing porn. on his car, okay. the porn on his car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he does it one Friday afternoon. No one shows up. And he was going to go back the next Friday, but Julie called him and said, you know what? We're done. We don't want to keep pursuing this. We want you to stop the surveillance. And he thought that was weird. Then she died. Two years later, she died. Not till two years later. That means the harassment had been going on for so many years. At least three years. Well, I mean, what do we what do we think Julie thought? Because Julie had to agree to also stop the PI. Yeah. So either Mark forced her. He didn't want to pay for it anymore. Mm -hmm. Or she figured out the porn is coming from inside the house. Either one is bad. Yeah. There's no good solution on this. Because if Julie is that upset that she's calling the cops repeatedly, she definitely is not wanting to stop the PI. That doesn't feel like a Julie decision. Mm -hmm. So Jam Boyce is still looking into the murder or death. And the talk screen comes back negative. He was confused. He's like, what killed her? Negative. 
Oh, just negative for everything. Just yeah. negative for drugs, anything. Yeah. So the techs are looking into that home computer. And besides dying of dysentery on the Oregon Trail game, the computer had also been used to search for drug interactions, poisons, and antifreeze, ethylene glycol. Oh, boy. So they decide to go back to her test and search now for ethylene glycol. And there we go. Positive. So Jam spends hours learning about ethylene glycol. And as he's explaining this to Andrea, Beverly has now had nothing to say for the past 10 minutes. She has just been sitting there. But I felt like it probably was, it would be rude to say, okay, thanks, Bev. You can move on. But eventually he does replace her with someone else in that chair. He actually has a rotating chair next to him that has different ladies come and go. As the story progresses, oh. the jam stays the same. That is true. But the jam remains the same. Yeah. So he finds out that most ethylene glycol deaths are suicides, but people take it in like a big glass one time and they think Julie was getting it over a period of time. And Julie had been seeing a therapist over the years and had been on antidepressants. She had just started Paxil. Then we're seeing uh, the standard B-roll in one of these episodes that involves antifreeze of the slow-mo pouring of the antifreeze, the bright green. It looks like Katie's Mountain Dew that she's drinking. Mm -hmm. So police check out Perry, the guy Julie had that brief affair with. Mm -hmm. He's cleared. But they keep digging on the home computer and they learned that Mark had an affair too. Oh boy. And it was very recent with a woman named Kelly Lamont. Kelly Lamont? Lamonte. Lamonte or Lamont? I think it's Lamonte. They wrote Lamonte in the Lam- in the subtitles. They must have just been going fast on the subtitles. They did 40 years old and Lamonte. They're phoning it in. So, but that sounds like an 80s movie star. I'm so sorry, but Kelly it does. Kelly Lamonte. Starring Tom Cruise. I was Kelly just Lamonte. thinking Top Gun because Kelly McGillis is in Top Gun. Kelly Lamonte sounds like a brunette version of Kelly McGillis. Yeah. What I'm picturing in my head, which is a little bit of Sloan from Ferris Bueller. That's how right. I'm picturing Kelly Lamonte. Right. So Unfortunately, look. this Kelly has fallen victim to the 90s hairstyle. The Dorothy Hamill. The Dorothy Hamill slash, I think she was going for like Princess Diana, but it did not land. And she has big collars and things. It didn't do anything for me, but it did something for Mark. And that's all that matters. She worked in the St. Louis office. He worked in Kenosha. And he would travel to St. Louis for work in the month before Julie's death. Oh, boy. There we go. Then we get a gossipy bisque from the company, Stacy, who has fabulous hair in the present tense. I don't know what it looked like back then. Boy, it looks good. It looks good. If great. you're going gray, everyone just take note. Because yeah. that's... She looks gorgeous. And Stacy wants the tea at the office where she works. She's clearly bored. Andrea even asked her, what's the gossip at work? Mm-hmm. And Stacy said, well, everyone's talking. Why are Kelly and... Mark, spending so much time together in an office alone with closed doors. What's going on? Kelly just got married. She literally just got back from her honeymoon. I can't. Is Mark the boss? He's the boss, right? He is higher up, maybe. Okay. These aren't his companies? No, I don't think so. Okay. He works in like finance, like stocks. So there was definitely some inappropriate 90s styled 
embracing going on at the office. And that's the kind of embracing that makes me very uncomfortable and I am not in pro of. There's another kind of embracing that I'm definitely in support of. Oh, that must be embracing your furry friends. Yes. It's a kind of embracing that won't get you on Dateline. And that's why we're so happy that this podcast is sponsored by Embrace Pet Insurance. Did you know that vet care prices have increased by 33% from 2022 just to 2023? 33%. What? Yeah. I think it's time to look into insurance. Whether you have a dog or a cat or both, Embrace Pet Insurance offers customized plans for your exact needs. With Embrace Pet Insurance, you can visit any vet or emergency clinic to take care of your furry little pal. I love my cats so, so much. And having an extra layer of protection for them is exactly what I want at all times. I want them in a bubble, Mm -hmm. but I also want them to be insured in case of emergencies or just their general wellness. With Embrace Pet Insurance, they help you prioritize preventative care for your pet. So hopefully, you never even need to use Embrace in the first place. Plus, they have a 24-7 helpline and optional wellness rewards program to ensure you prioritize this kind of care for your animal. And if you don't believe me, check out the testimonials at EmbracePetInsurance.com, like the story of Jensen. Jensen is a Rottweiler puppy. No relation to this episode. Aw. His owner took him in for a routine neuter and gastropexy. She dropped him off happy and healthy at the vet's, but by the time Jensen should have been recovered and back to his playful self, he was lethargic and sick. No, No. Jensen. So his owner took him to the vet several more times to treat the mystery ailment. He would get better for a short time, but then he'd get worse again. Finally, his owner was referred to a specialist and an exploratory surgery was recommended. But because Jensen had embraced pet insurance, his owner knew they'd be covered and they went forward with the treatment plan right away. That's the best case scenario. The surgery found what was wrong and now Jensen is finally back to his playful, happy puppy self. And his owner was reimbursed within days of submitting the claims. Because Jensen had embraced, this is a direct quote, we didn't have to worry about the cost of anything. We could just worry about Jensen getting better. This is the exact reason why pet insurance is the best idea for your furry friends. So don't wait for that unexpected to happen. Join the massive community of pet owners who trust Embrace Pet Insurance to protect their pet. Head to EmbracePetInsurance.com slash DateDateLine and sign up for pet insurance today. Make sure you go to EmbracePetInsurance.com slash DateDateLine or else they won't know that we sent you. Thank you so much, Embrace Pet Insurance. I always make sure to embrace and show all the love to my four little kitties and I hope they live forever. Maybe they will. you can help them do that. That would be great. Thank you so much, Embrace. Thank you, Embrace. So speaking of things that make me queasy, like inappropriate embracing on Dateline, Relief Band. I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Relief Band. When it comes to nausea, Relief Band is the way to go. Oh, yeah. the number one anti-nausea wristband that quickly relieves and prevents nausea and vomiting for motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, Across the board, it can help you. I have it with me all the time now, just in case. I wore it on the plane to CrimeCon. I wore it just now in the car running errands with my mom, who doesn't believe in breaking gently, Joni. And I always have it on when I'm watching Tateline, just in case someone drops the word lover. 
and I get it instantly queasy. Yeah. Relief Band is natural, fast acting. It'll last as long as you need it. It's drug free too. You don't have to take any more medications, which means it's non drowsy and it doesn't have any side effects. You just wear it on your wrist and it sends little boop, 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 boop. You don't hear it. They're just little pulses. That's great. Silent little tingles that go up to your brain and it's like brain. Do not make Kimberly nauseous because they said lover. And then my brain is like, thanks. I got it. That's magic. I know. Relief Band has a A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Wow. And over 100,000 satisfied customers. So this is a brand that you can trust. And it treats and prevents nausea so you can avoid getting nauseous in the first place. It also makes a great gift for anyone in your life suffering from any of the things that I mentioned. Oh, yeah. You don't have to overplan for nausea relief or dose up to six hours before a trip. Just bring Relief Band and you're good to go. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for a date with Dateline listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Date Dateline, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Ooh. So go to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com, use our promo code Date Dateline, 20% off plus free shipping. You won't regret it because when you're nauseous, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to participate in life. It's simple. Get some relief from your band. nausea symptoms with Relief Band. That's it. That's why it's called that. Thank that's you, what it Relief does. Band. That it delivers its name. It does exactly what it says it's supposed to do. Love it. Thank you, Relief Band. So one day Mark pops by the police station asking for updates on the case and the lead detective does another sneaky thing. Like remember Jam before did that sneaky thing? The detective is like, hey, just come into this interrogation room. I just want to ask you some more questions. Just follow up questions, whatever. We're going to chit chat. And he sits down. It turns into a surprise interrogation. Because he just pops in to find out what's going on. He's just yeah, popping just, in to hey, be like, hey, anything? I just wanted to see where the case was. How far after this? Is this a month? A few weeks. Okay. Oh, it might have been a four week. Actually, it might have been four months. I think it was a I few think. months. And then he just pops in, hey, how's it going? Just wondering if you figured anything yeah. out or if we can rule this accidental. It's like, take a seat, Mark. Let, re- let your dogs rest a little. A question that I had about this moment was, is he waiting on life insurance from her? Well, he's a stockbroker. You know they have life insurance policies. For There's sure. children. And because the manner of death has been so up in the air Correct. and they said antifreeze and they're still investigating, they're not going to close out that claim. I don't think so. we ever find out what the manner of death is ruled as. Well, they, yeah, it's mostly antifreeze, but there's a secondary thing that they suspect happened later. But, uh, the, but immediately, I don't know what the coroner put. They must have put undecided because they right. have to put Und- something when they come in for the yeah. autopsy. So, hmm. Interesting. But then they find that antifreeze in her system. So I think that's pretty clear that that's what it is. Yeah. But so Mark says what happened that day was he took the boys to school. But before he left, Julie was already in a bad way. She was super out of it. She had no motor control, which is terrifying. Yeah. And she didn't want him to call 911. So he just didn't call 911. I'm sorry. The one time you want to listen to your wife is when she says, don't call 911. And so he says, yeah, I, in hindsight, I, I should have done something. I, I didn't do anything. I just, I watched it happen. Mm. Oh, 
Was that a Freudian slip? Did you literally watch it happen? Interesting. So they ask about Kelly and he says, oh, she's just a friend. He says, she's just a friend. And he says, she's just my friend from St. Louis. Is that 1998? I don't know. But you know what is 1998? The boy is mine. Mine. Yeah. So police say, well, we know that Kelly's more than your friend because we know that she has left her husband and moved into your house weeks after Julie died. Dun dun. Hmm. Not only that, to add insult to injury, they make it to this seem like a way bigger deal. Mark paid $12,000 to Kelly so that she could move to Kenosha. See, I think the, just the moving in period and the leaving your husband are way bigger than the twelve grand that he sent her for U-Haul or whatever. But Dateline is like, and he gave her $12,000. That's a lot of money, though. I don't know. It's It costs a lot to move. Maybe she has a lot of stuff. Or maybe she needed to quit her job. Does she have children? I don't think so. No, because okay. she had just gotten married. So assuming she didn't have any children before marriage. Yeah, undis- she, unknown. Okay. So she left her brand new husband wow. that she had just gotten back from the honeymoon with, moves in with Mark, moves to another state. And Mark had taken all of Julie's things and put them in garbage bags and put them out with the trash. Mark looks so mild-mannered. We see zero smiling pictures of him. We see maybe two out of yeah, the 20 Yeah, he looks we like see. a computer tech guy. He's just doesn't really talk that much. And he would just be like a quiet guy that lived in your neighborhood. And those are the ones you have to watch out for. Or a finance guy. Or a finance guy. So he is actually horrible. And he set Julie's stuff out in the trash and may have killed her. So they full on accuse Mark of killing Julie. Mm -hmm. And he keeps saying, no, I had nothing to do with it. But then they show him a smoking letter. Julie's voice from beyond the grave. Mm Mm-hmm. She wrote it a couple weeks before she died. And it's essentially, if anything happens to me, it was Mark. And in the letter, she says, our relationship has deteriorated to polite and superficial. I know he's never forgiven me for that brief affair I had with that creep seven years ago. So it was seven years ago that she had that one night stand with Perry. Also, she's calling Perry a creep. So, okay. So Perry's a creep then. Now we, so that's a little bit more information. Perry is a creep. But does she at this point still think that Perry was sending those porn things? And that's why she's calling him a creep. Or is there other stuff that made Perry a creep? Perry is like, I would like to be removed from this narrative that from a seven year ago thing. When was this letter written? Right before she passed away. So two weeks. I think that at that point she knew. I think so too. That Perry maybe wasn't sending the stuff. Wasn't sending the stuff. But so that means he's a creep for something else. I think there's a good reason they initially thought it was him. And I think it was how it was. I think there are parts of this that we find out in the trial that are actually true. And I'll say it when we get there. I don't gotcha. think everything that Mark says is a lie. Mm-hmm. The letter to, is very interesting because she includes a lot of details like Joni would include in her story, story worth stories. And you're like, get to the story, Julie. But she's like, Mark lives for work and the kids and he's an avid surfer of the internet. Anyway. And I was like, what was that about, Julie? Why is that? Are you? I don't know what you're saying there. Are you implying something? Oh, my goodness. So she says he lives for work and the kids and he's an avid surfer of the Internet. Anyway, I do not smoke or drink, 
My mother was an alcoholic, so I limit my drinking to one to two a week. Mark wants me to drink more with him in the evenings. I don't. Is this like why their relationship is bad? Because she won't drink? Or what is she trying to... Or does she think he's going to try to poison her or try to make it seem like she's an alcoholic? It feels like these are all clues to be figured out. It's very vague. And this is your letter that you want. It's specific and vague at the same time. He's an avid surfer of the internet. It's very specific. She's painting pictures. It's just they're odd. You're trying to figure it out and trying to picture this home life where this man really wants his wife to drink more. Why does he want her to drink more? And is this recent? Right. He's trying to put something in a drink that he's making you or Mm -hmm. does he want you to drink more so that you'll loosen up and maybe you guys will do it more? Right. The the picture's kind of halfway being painted, but it's confusing. It is confusing because if you're writing this letter and it's your dying declaration, wouldn't you make it as specific as possible? She doesn't know that. She's just trying to get detail on paper and because it's handwritten, it's almost like stream of consciousness. It's almost like a journal entry. Yeah. And then she says, I would never take my life because of my kids. They are my everything to me. Okay. And then she, this where she gets very specific. Here we go. Because she, I think she does think that he might poison her. I regularly take Tylenol and multivitamins. Occasionally over the counter stuff for colds. And she lists the things. And then she like lists all the medications that she might take. Mm-hmm. So it is like she's preparing them for her tox screen. It's very detailed at this point. And then she basically says, I pray I'm wrong, but I fear for my early demise. And the reason she writes this letter is she found a post-it note in Mark's work planner. And it was a list, a secret list. Mm -hmm. And the list is very sus. Okay. Suspicious. Thank you. It says, drug supply, nicotine, no, aspirin. Bottle booze, razor blades, something that says librarian shells. I'm sure that's not what it said, but I couldn't read it. I was so glad that you saw librarian. I was like, librarian what? I saw libertarian or Liberian. I saw librarian. (laughs) Or librarian. And then I saw what looked like maybe potato, but I again don't think it said potato. Librarian potato. Librarian potato shells. Bag hands or handles or handler, bag something. Terry. I don't know what Terry means. I thought maybe he meant Perry, who was the guy she slept with, but it said Terry with an I. Hatcher? Unsure. What did Terry Hatcher do? It must have been a P. Maybe. Must have been Perry. Patches. 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 Patch Adams, which just came out. It's, it has to do with Robin Williams. Nicotine patches? Maybe. Shells. Then it just says shells. So before it said like librarian shells, and now it just says shells. And I don't know if he means bullet shells or like pasta shells or like beach shells. They do live by a lake. Okay. I don't. And then the last one says syringe. These feel like options. It almost feels like a weird game on Game Show Network of like random words that you have to make together fit together. Oh, yeah. And then you would buzz in and say... Things that blah, 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 bleh, yes. blah, blah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Password or whatever. Pyramid, whichever game that is. Yeah. Yeah. Things that you could use to kill your wife. Right. Exactly. That would yeah. be. But this is very strange. Potato I, shells. I need to know what librarian and potato are. And then yeah. aspirin. Bag bands. Bag hands. 
bag handles. Is it shells for pills? Is he talking about the capsules, like the the plastic capsules that you'd put that if you're you using a razor shells? blade to cut something, a drug, to fill it into capsules? Is that what he means by shells, pill shells? I don't know. The only kind of shells that I could think that would be would be yeah, I don't know. Did he was it Tylenol and aspirin? Just said aspirin. Very mystic. I'm just oh, going to post I have, that so, I have a lot of questions. Okay. Yeah. That's what I my my picture will be for social media. Okay. And people could tell me what they think it means. Yeah. So It's hard to unsee librarian though. So sorry. I know. It's really hard to unsee it and see something else. Libertarians so, ju- as close as you're going to get probably. Libertarian shells. So Julie, after she found the list, she wrote the letter and she gave it to a neighbor in case something happened to her. Police have had this letter and they show Mark the letter and he... It's all on interrogation room footage. Yeah. They give him the letter and then the guy is like, I'm going to go grab you a soda. It's very like, I'm going to leave you with some reading material. They just had sodas though. Why is he getting another soda? He's it's lots. Of, he's so thirsty. Because they had Burger King cups on the table. No. Oh, well, he needs another. Well, he really just wants to leave him alone so they can record his reaction. And maybe he'll talk to himself like sometimes they do maybe. on Dayline. His face, Mark's face, as he's seeing this letter for the first time and reading it, it is so priceless. It's, I've made a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. His mouth is fully agape. If a lady saw him, an older lady, she'd be like, close your mouth, honey, you're going to catch flies or something. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just open. And the Curb Your Enthusiasm music is maybe playing softly because he has just realized he is effed up and that Julie was on to him. And so the detective come back, come, comes back in and he accuses him again. And Mark says, no, I didn't. But he's so much more flustered now that he's seen the letter. And the detective says, here's what I think happened. I think it was you that was putting those intimate photos all over the place and harassing Julie because you were upset about the affair with Perry. And Mark says, yeah, I, I mean, our marriage never was really the same after that affair. But no, I wasn't the one who planted them. I did keep some of them and hide them in a secret place. And then when I was mad at her and I wanted to upset her, I would place them strategically around the house. So you were trying to psychologically torture your wife. Right. And place porn photos around your house where you have two small children. I got it. Now, I don't know if he was lying about starting it. That might have been true. That right, might have been okay, Perry. So Perry may maybe, have started that. Maybe Perry really is a creep. But maybe he was a creep one time and did it as he was leaving town. Like, right. And he, he didn't moving. actually drive. Like, right. And then yeah. what happened is Mark kept doing it. That's messed up. I think that's why they canceled with the PI, though. Because Mark was the one doing it. Well, and did she find out? That's did the question. She find out did he come clean about it or that he was faking putting them on his own car or lying and said that they were on his own car? I think she didn't know about it because I think she would have said it in a letter. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good he point. He was using an old affair to torment me. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, she did say, I don't think he ever got over the affair. She did say that in the letter. And so I think that she would have mentioned that he had been doing this kind of terrible thing that she'd been calling the police repeatedly about for years. Right. So, and maybe she probably didn't know, but he definitely then convinced her to let the private eye go. I think so too. So police, unfortunately, don't have enough to hold him. 
So they have to let him go. And this letter is amazing, but they don't know if they can use it in court. So we've seen this before on Dateline because, um, oh, and at this point, Jam has replaced his wife. Beverly is gone. And now he's sitting next to a, the female assistant DA. Yes. And I thought, this, so it's like a rotating ladies mm-hmm. that are next to Jam. So he explains, you know, the defendant has a right to cross-examine anyone who's providing evidence against him. And Julie can't be cross-examined because she is dead. Now, he says... I think Mark forfeited that right because he's responsible for her being dead. So they're fighting this out in court, basically. Can they get this letter admitted? And time is passing, but then Jam sees that in the paper, Mark is marrying Kelly, his new girlfriend. He thinks Kelly could be the next victim. One day he's going to get sick of her dynasty hair and he is going to kill her. So he charges him with murder, even though if he's, he's not sure if he has enough. And he says Mark was shocked to be arrested because he thought he was the smartest guy in the room, which we've seen a lot of. And I think it's on our bingo cards. Yeah. Mark posts a half a million dollar bond. And so he's out of jail. And they continue to fight over the letter. In the meantime, he marries Kelly. He has a child with Kelly. He continues to raise his children. Kelly, what are you doing, Kelly? Is Kelly in on this? Because there's no way this is not suspicious. I, this is, I mean, I know Dateline was not covering all murders at the time, but you have to think I'm sleeping with this guy who's married and then his wife dies mysteriously and he moves me in two weeks later and puts all of her stuff out on the curb. And she died very mysteriously. How did he tell her that she died? Right, exactly. Maybe he lied about it. So he is out living his best life. And in 2005, Jam moves to another department, but he continues on as a special prosecutor on this case alone because he cannot let go of Mark. He, that Mark is his white whale. He is, lies awake thinking about it. Yeah. I'm sure Beverly was very annoyed talking about it. Like, I hope you get this guy already. They might have been one of those couples that you love, though. I did. I did like them a lot. Dynamic duo. Yeah. So finally, eight years later, Jam has a new witness, a coworker of Mark. His name is Ed. Right before Julie died, Mark and Ed are at a work conference and they're sitting at the hotel bar chatting and they were griping about marriage issues. And Mark starts drinking a lot and he brings up how he hates his wife and how he could kill her and websites that he could go to to kill her poisons that he could use and ed thinks he's kidding i don't need to tell the police about this i don't need to tell julie about this he's just joking right Hmm. ed at least go tell just go tell her who cares if you're overreacting just go he thinks it's weird enough that he goes and tells other people at work about it including Stacy with the fabulous hair who loves the gossip Mm -hmm. and stacy hears this and thinks wow, that's weird. What an odd guy Mark is. And then she just sort of forgets about it. Because this isn't like the true crime thing is not this happening is in that time. Dateline. Yeah. This is when Dateline just covered like tornadoes and stuff. It's just not happening in the zeitgeist. So they're not thinking about it like that. I think if that conversation happened today, it'd be a, I would hope it'd be a different reaction. But I think you're right. So she forgets about it. And then when Julie dies, Stacy thinks, oh, my God, he killed her. Yeah. 
And I was like, go to the police, Stace. No one seems to bring up this conversation with Ed until years later. It's very frustrating. Andrea is silently judging with her eyes. For sure. The judge hears this story. He quadruples Mark's bond, so he has to go to jail. And he rules that the letter can be admitted. So finally they go to trial, and Jam reads the letter as his opening statement. Also, he tells the jury that days before her death, Julie reached out to police who told her, there's nothing we can do. There's no actual proof your husband is trying to kill you. So if you're worried, you should leave. Take the kids, go to a woman's shelter or something. We don't care our tagline in Kenosha. Mm. Thanks. Sorry. I'm sure they care now. I hope. So she was so scared that he would take the kids that she stayed. She didn't want to leave. She didn't want him to have some ammunition to take them. So she just stayed. She risked her own life to stay. The very morning she died, Mark searched twice for ethylene glycol on the computer. And he had already admitted to the police that she was totally passed out, had no motor skills. So we know it wasn't her searching on the computer. So he just incriminated himself. Now, why wasn't that enough to initially go to trial on why do they need to wait for ed to come forward yeah it seems weird Hmm. it's a lot of circumstantials i guess and some prosecutors don't like but that's a big one his own statement was that she was so out of it that she i mean could really lethargic could barely move could Mm -hmm. not get out of bed yeah but the search time on the computer for those searches is showing Mm -hmm. a time when you specifically said that she couldn't have crawled to the computer so okay so maybe he could say I was worried she had been taking it to kill herself. And so I was Googling what the symptoms were. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, that could be it. So a con man from prison testifies. He shared a cell with Mark. Mark admitted he killed his wife. And the con man knows stuff that only Mark could have told him. Mark told him he had been giving her antifreeze in juice. Julie. Don't drink the juice, Shelby. No. If you're worried that your husband is going to kill you, do not take any beverage from him. I know this is before Dateline and true crime. I hope we know this now. Ladies, if you have a shady husband that you aren't getting along with and you have more than $10 in life insurance on you, the only beverage that's safe to drink is mixers. Absolutely. Mixers, you make it yourself. Only one you can trust Mm -hmm. is you. Correct. And the only one you can trust to taste delicious is Mixers. Mixers is a delicious way to help balance those pesky, mysterious things called hormones. You may not know exactly what they do, but you sure know when they are out of whack, which is why we are so excited to be sponsored by Mixers. To put it simply, Mixers is a nutritional supplement that you just mix up in 8 to 12 ounces of water and drink it up. And from your first period to your first hot flash, Mixers will be with you every step of the way. Mixers started back in 2020 when their CEO, Jess Toulson, had an unsuccessful search for postpartum period relief. After a ton of visits to the doctor and various medications, she met holistic health practitioner Cody Sanders, who created Mixers' first supplement to help balance hormones naturally. And today, that product is known as as her time. So for women whose periods are a real pain, her time can be a monthly lifesaver. 
It's the most enjoyable, effective, long-term solution on the market because the ingredients nourish the root cause of hormonal imbalance and eliminate the need for costly additional PMS aids. Her Time is a powerful little powder packed with 100% natural ingredients to help soothe menstrual cramps, level mood swings, ease bloating. And did I mention that this is also delicious? I'm talking flavors like Juicy Peach, Strawberry Lemonade, and my personal favorite, the Raspberry Refresher. It's easy to remember to take your mixers because you always look forward to having that tasty beverage. Also, in addition to balancing hormones, Mixers has dozens of products to support women's wellness, from pre- and postnatal supplements to menopause support, even a libido booster for sexual wellness. Mixers has the ideal supplement for every woman on earth, and if you're not sure which Mixers drink is right for you, then take their quiz on their website to ensure you get matched with products designed for your unique wellness goals. And remember, All Mixers products are produced with 100% natural ingredients. They don't use any artificial flavors, colors, or added preservatives, and all of their products are gluten-free. So you've heard the buzz about Mixers, but this is your sign to give it a try. You can get an additional $5 off with code DATEDATELINE at Mixers.com slash DATEDATELINE. That's M-I-X-H-E-R-S dot com slash date dateline and be sure to use code date dateline for an additional five dollars off your first purchase fall into a delicious and healthy new habit this autumn with mixers thank you so much mixers this fall start learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel works because it is designed by real people for real conversations real life situations there's a couple i've been wanting to talk about on 90 Day UK, and he does not appear to speak a lick of English, and she does not appear to speak a lick of Spanish. True. He knows how to sing because he thinks he's a singer slash rapper, and the only phrase he seems to know is, I love you, chicken. Thank you. Katie does it perfectly. So now they're having a baby, and he has to go back to his country and is maybe going to miss the birth. They did not plan their futures together because they could not communicate. Communication is key in a relationship to not winding up on dateline. If I fall in love with a hot bartender from the Dominican Republic, which happens at least once every season, I will be prepared because of my improved Spanish. I am not naturally very good at languages. I did not do well in school in Spanish and Hebrew. But the way Babel teaches, it uses repetition, interactive lessons, all these cognitive tools based on science, and it really gets in your brain because you do a lot of repeating, then you'll play a word puzzle and you'll have to like de-scramble a word. And then you'll have to pick multiple choice. It's all the different ways that a brain can learn. Exactly. And it's all in 10 minutes a day. I know how busy everyone is, but these 10 minutes are really something that you can do for yourself. Yeah. For your brain. And in as little as three weeks, you can have real conversations like, do you have a backup plan in case rapper singer doesn't work out? At the very least, you'll learn how to say, no digas me te amo pollo, which means don't say I love you chicken. (laughs) How do you say go to the visa office in Spanish? (laughs) Because that seems very important. 
Here is a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. You can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash date dateline. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash date dateline. It's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date dateline. Rules and restrictions apply. They don't just have Spanish. They have lots of languages that you can learn. Oh, yeah. And it's all in that super interactive, fun way. Ten minutes a day, people. What do you have to lose? Learn how to babble in another language. Get on mm-hmm. it. Thank you, Babbel. Thank you, Babbel. So in the trial, it is revealed that the kids wanted Mark to call 911 for their mom because she was so sick that morning. And he said, if... She's still sick when you get home from school, then I will. So this confidential informant in prison, he's not confidential, he shows his face. This informant in prison, this con man, says, Mark told me that he tried to kill her with antifreeze and he had been giving it to her in her juice, but when he came home from dropping the kids off at school, she was still alive. And he had to kill her because he had promised the kids if you come home from school and she's still sick, I'll call 911. So that's when he pushed her head into the pillow. So she suffocated, which Jam Boyce had suspected because her body position was so strange and her face was very squished into the pillow. Her nose was kind of bent into the pillow. And he makes the He makes the face. Please don't do that. Don't it? It's upsetting. Everyone's upset, and her family's going to be upset when they see it because they don't need to know about that. It was, yeah, I was like, don't. I think it was just his natural reaction to make the face, but he's a prosecutor, he's used to flair. Yeah, I was surprised they left it in. Yeah, so they think that motive was he wants to be with Kelly, Mm -hmm. and he has he makes a lot of money, he doesn't want to share it with her, and he doesn't want to share the kids either. Then the defense, oh my gosh. Their theory is Julie killed herself with antifreeze so that she could get revenge on Mark by framing him for her murder. Wow. What in the Gillian Flynn novel are you guys talking about? That is unbelievable. It's shaming the victim. It's everything bad. And it also feels like something that Mark came up with. Yeah. I think it's what he told them happened. And it also is admitting how shady everything looks and how guilty Mark looks. Yeah. The reason he looks so guilty, you could say it in any case. The reason my client looks so guilty is because he's being framed by someone who's very smart. Right. And that's why he looks so guilty. Right. Genius. So they say the con man was lying for a deal. They say, had they have her doctor testify that said she was depressed and almost frantic, No doy, she thinks her husband is trying to kill her. Mm -hmm. That's why she was very upset. The trial goes on for seven weeks, which is very long. It's like one of the longest they've ever had in Kenosha. What are they talking about? We get very little of what happened in the trial. We only see a few witnesses. So I just am wondering why. Why was it seven weeks long? I think Jam likes to talk. Do you think they had a lot of character witnesses? I'm sure if they knew, once they knew what the defense's side was, they had a ton of character witnesses on her side come in. And talk about mm-hmm. how she was not a vengeful person. This is mm-hmm. she was busy mm-hmm. raising little kids, so yeah. I don't really know if she had time. Yeah, to frame her. And husband she's not going to do this to her children to get revenge on her husband because yeah. it also devastates her children. Yeah, ridiculous. So yeah, you're right. That is, she's not going to do that. She's not just to get revenge on her husband. No. 
So the trial goes on for seven weeks. The jury is out for three days and they find Mark guilty. He's wearing a checkerboard tie. He gets life without parole and he cries. Checkmate. Check. <laughs> Good job. Now, Jam holds a press conference to say he finally got his white whale. And he says, I can't recall a more cold-blooded, calculating, brutal offense than this one. And I went, wah, wah, because you got your rule of three, Jam, but where's your alliteration? Buddy, I know you can think of a third C. What is it? Calculating. Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. Conniving. Criminal. Cruel. Cruel. Callous. But wait, there's more. Librarian We're not shells. Done yet. Librarian shells. Wait, I'm still very surprised, by the way, that there money has not come up. That I bet it was in the trial. I bet they talked about life insurance. Yeah. We just didn't get on Dateline because it was only an hour episode. Yeah. I mean, he didn't need money. He just didn't want her to have his. It could be that, too. He I just did not want her to exactly. have half of his money. Mm-hmm. So 13 years later... Mark has been in prison this whole time. Mm -hmm. A Supreme Court decision changes the rules to what is can be put into a trial. App, what's the word I'm looking for? Appeals? Appellate? No. Allowed. Allowed. Oh, wow. Sub That's submittability. Okay. Sub submission. Submit. Submission. Librarian shells. Admittability. They say the letter shouldn't be allowed. So he's granted a new trial. Now, Jam is now in at this other office, but he comes back again as a special prosecutor because he's not letting Mark go. No, no. He's not letting Mark slip through his fingers. No. And now he has swapped out the old DA for a new DA sitting next to him and in the rotating chair yeah. of legal lasses that he has. She is young, and she was apparently only in eighth grade when Julie died. She was listening to the Goo Goo Dolls. And, and I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. I saw that Iris was on the, boy, that song's bad. All right, go ahead. And I used to really love that song. I know. Do you believe in life after love? Share. I can feel something inside me say. Whoa. There we go. <laughs> Whoa. So the trial is basically the same, except this time they're not allowed to put in the letter. But they do have a few new people. They have a new criminal, this bank robber guy. David Thompson. He is smirking so creepily in his mugshot like he didn't just get arrested for robbing a bank. It's not great. He is smiling like he's so pleased to have been arrested for robbing a bank. He met Mark in jail and they would drink coffee together every morning and hang out. Now, I have watched every season of 60 Days In, and I do not think these guys would actually be friends. I find that very strange, at least from what I've learned from 60 Days In. Maybe Mark so, is a chameleon. Maybe he's one of those people in jail that's actually really good at it. I don't see it either. I don't yeah, know. He's just not charming, but he is getting all these ladies, so maybe he is more charming than we think. Maybe they need tech advice. Or he's teaching them about the stock market? Maybe he's teaching them about the stock market. That could be a usable skill. And they could have people buy stock for them outside of prison. If you're in prison and you're bored and somebody knows a lot about the stock market, that would be the time to learn about it, right? Because I, I would yeah, want to know. Totally. Be like, show me how to do what you do. Show me how to turn my money into more money. Exactly. So Mark tells this bank robber 
my coworker, Ed. I once had a very infamous chat with him at a hotel bar at a work conference. He's going to testify against me again. I need you to take care of him. So he wants him kidnapped, in quotes, until maybe the trial's over. So he'll just be like missing or anything that needs to happen to keep him from testifying, dot, dot, dot. So the bank robber makes it seem like Mark would be okay with him getting Ed killed, if that's what it took. And the bank robber says, now I was never going to do it. I was never going to have someone kidnap Ed. This was just a scam to get money out of Mark. Because Mark is always talking about stocks and acts like he has a lot of money. Of course it was. So blatant. Yeah. You're getting taken for a ride, sir. He tells Mark, okay, I can have someone kidnap Ed for one grand. And that's cheap. He should have asked for more. He should have asked for way more. And, and, and... I would think that it's going to cost you more than one grand if you have to kill him. Like the one dot, it's one grand for the kidnapping. And then if we have to do more. For several days, it feels like it's a thousand to start. And then every day that he has to stay gone is an additional thousand. So it's 1,000 the first day, 2,000 for the second day, 3,000 for the third day. So it comes out to about 10 grand in the end. Interesting. I mean, you have to pay Ed. You have to house Ed somewhere. Correct. Yeah. This is ridiculous. So he says, I can do it for $1,000. There is audio recording of Mark on the phone with his wife, Kelly, saying, I could use some money. Can you get me some money? Um, like 500 two times. So exactly $1,000 is what he asked Kelly for. Wow. Yeah, so that's not great. And we're seeing Mark at the trial listening with these big earphone things, and he looks like, oh boy, that Curb Your Enthusiasm music is coming up again. He's not good at this. He's a bad criminal. You might be good at making money, but you are bad at committing crimes. And he thinks he's so smart at it, but he's not. I just wish she hadn't. I wish she was still with us. I wish she had tried and failed, because the saddest part of this story is that it worked. Yeah. So a computer forensic guy discovered, finally, we have proof that the person who was sending Julie some of those dirty photos, now we don't know about all of them, but we know about the emailed ones. It was Mark. So it was his email address, but he had changed the from section. So it's from someone named Turtle. From the Westing game. Don't you dare... It is Turtle from Entourage, if it's anybody. You didn't write it down, though? No. Oh. Because I would never besmirch my Westin game like that. Or especially Turtle. Like, especially especially Turtle. Turtle. You would not be besmirching. No. Because that's who you would play in the TV movie, right? Oh, yeah. I love Turtle. Yeah, you'd be playing Turtle. Or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I don't know. I don't have any feelings about them. Michelangelo. I don't know. Do you know them? No, I don't know which one's like the shadiest one. Who's the I don't the red know why mask? he named why he said turtle. And why does he not reference turtle in, as my name's Turtle <gasps> and I'm sending Librarian you these- shells. Turtle <laughs> shells. shells. Like turtle shells? Was he trying to do it like a calling card? Like, I need to leave a turtle shell around right. the crime scene. Like the wet bandits. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> 
I don't know. Did his sons really like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I just don't know if you are picking like a scary name and you're going to send someone harassing emails with naughty images, why you would pick Turtle. Maybe he was like a Lewis Carroll fan. So he was thinking the mock turtle. But then why wouldn't you just say the mock turtle? Right. This is ups- All of this is upsetting. I would go Cheshire Cat, I think is creepier. I don't know. The mock turtle's not great. But he had left his email the same. So Mr. Smarty Pants was never that smart. I mean, it was before we knew that much about computers and email addresses, but he left his same email. He didn't create a fake email address. Because at the time, you didn't have to. Yeah. You could just change the from. And it was undiscoverable, <laughs> except by tech people. That's amazing. That's like flying on a plane without having to do the lines. Right, exactly. It's a different time. The defense also has a new witness. One of their sons, who's now in his 30s, Mm. takes the stand. And the defense thinks, well, we are showing that he still sticks by his dad. So this is great for us. However, he talks about how my brother and I wanted my dad to call the hospital or get her to the hospital because she was so sick and he said if if she's still sick when you come home from school I'll call 911 yeah so the prosecution feels this actually backfired and looks better for them because it shows he was on a deadline he needed to kill her by the time they got home from school the antifreeze wasn't killing her fast enough so he he smothered her in the pillow which is exactly what that con man from prison says that Mark told him. And that's their their trickiest witness because he very clearly did it so he could get it, make a deal. He testified to make a deal. That right. specific witness who's clearly still in prison when we see it the that's second time. That's the funniest thing is in the second trial, he, that con man is still in jail. He's in so a he either, yeah. He got in jail for something else or he did not get a good deal I think and he's still else. been in prison. I think, I think he got the deal and went back. Hey, can I get that deal again if I testify? And they're like, that's not how that works. <laughs> but I do think that was their hardest bit that if you had someone in the jury that was like, he's just saying whatever it takes to get a sweeter deal. This completely goes with his story. So now it bolsters his. So now it's like a foolproof case. If that mm-hmm. was the chink in the armor before, no more. Mm-hmm. That got mm-hmm. sealed up. This time the jury takes seven hours instead of three days and they find him guilty. And once again, he gets life without parole. And Jam is sitting there staring daggers and his wife Beverly is sitting behind him in court. She's also staring daggers. So that's when I was really like, I was hard on Beverly. I, they're a sassy power couple and I do enjoy them. Say you're sorry. I'm so sorry, Beverly. You're welcome on Dateline anytime. So Andrea says to Jam, how did it feel finally getting him for good? And he says, I felt like, and he mimes blowing on your pistol and then putting it back in the holster. And he says, I felt like I got that son of a bisque. And every time I have a nice steak dinner with a good glass of wine, I'm going to enjoy it that much more because I know Mark Jensen is getting a bologna sandwich and a glass of water because that guy's going to die in prison. He's so happy. He's so happy. I feel like I could put my gun away. Yeah. The other, the prosecutor. Did he practice that speech? Yes. And she's giggling next to him. So you know that he has said that to her. (laughs) So she starts laughing immediately when he does the gun thing. She starts laughing. And he says, (laughs) I feel like I could put my gun away. And she goes, (laughs) she sort of like (laughs) does that, that knowing laugh of someone who has heard this before. Mm -hmm. And is very excited that you get to now say it on national television. It's great. 
Yeah. Two people who will not spend the rest of their lives in prison and will eat many more delicious things than bologna sandwiches. Eve KB and Cheryl BS. Now, there's no BS in how much I love you ladies. No. And also, you ladies are so special that one last name won't do it. You get two last names. Yeah. And the initials are KB and BS. And I'm not going to say what they are, but... Why do you guys get two last names? Because you're so cool. Yeah. Because you because that you have that much extra love in your heart and generosity for this podcast. That's how cool our Patreon Supercast members are. Thank yeah. you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Eve, Cheryl. Simply the best. Biester than all the rest. And I don't want the world to see how much I love Eve and Cheryl. <laughs> Because I don't think that they understand. Thank you I so really much. I really loved that song. I'm so glad. Thank you, ladies. I really love these two gals who decided to support <laughs> our podcast. giving me Thank such you. looks. No, it's fine. I have basic taste in music. No, you Let's don't. Be you real. have great taste. In- no, we just have different taste in music. That's fair. Yeah. But we both have same taste in Patreons. Yes, we do. Thank, Thank you, you so ladies. much. So. B-roll bonanza. Wait, first, new segment. What? Oh, no. Well, it's not new. I've tried to do it before. No. Will he get love letters in prison? No, Kimberly, the answer is always yes. I, the answer is yes. You could put it at a bullet point at the top of a comment <laughs> section. That's how much it just won't change. Yes. Is Kelly staying with him, do you think? I feel like every time we do this, it's making a comment on like the state of the world. Until like people <laughs> change, he will get letters in prison. <laughs> The end. Okay, this is the last time you will ever hear that segment. It's not true. You're going to do it because you know it riles me. It gets me I all riled. I will never do it again. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. But I do think he's going to get letters and I don't get why. They will always get letters. It won't matter. There has to be somebody we've covered on Dateline who was so dumb and unattractive. No, Kimberly. There's I wish no that low. was a thing. The bar is never low enough. There is no one. Let me do this for you. If you don't do this segment anymore, yeah. when someone comes like that, I'll do the segment. Okay. If I think the answer is going to be no, which it will never be no. Okay. You know, the only person I would say that it could be no for is that Nick guy. That guy who was pretending to be British. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a detestable person. Yeah. But I still think he'd get letters. With the oxygen mask? He's going to get letters because he's famous. That's disgusting. Ladies, raise your standards. It's a sad world. Let's move on. B-roll bonanza. We're happy things happen. (laughs) The childhood friend is looking. Sorry. Is it a yearbook that she's looking through? Yeah, it's it's a yearbook. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a yearbook in her house. We get P.I. Dave coming out of his home that was weird yeah so coming out his front door and walking down his path it feels like it's doxing i don't want we don't show the front (laughs) of your house no not for a pi especially yeah i didn't like that i hope it's someone else's house maybe it's somebody else's house and that's not his car with the cat sticker on the back oh that was so cute though i wonder how many cats he has he's got if he's got a sticker on the back he's got at least three in the house Maybe it's all fake, though. He actually has dogs, but it's all so he can be fully undercover. So that's not his house, and he has not dogs. Not his car. He has ferrets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could be. It could be that. Uh, we do get a picture of Julie with a husky puppy. 
which yeah that was cute there's some down the street from me and then there's yeah the pouring of the bright green into the glass and we do get time lapse around the courthouse that was cool yeah a water tower b-roll and beverly walking into the courthouse yes because she got her own b-roll she did with sensible pumps i loved it red pumps Mm -hmm. fashion please or do you have any brands unhappy being on Dateline? I didn't have any brands because, I mean, obviously, Antifreeze knows yeah. what's going on here. Stockholders? Mm. Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. Andrea said she seems to know a lot about stocks, speaking of people knowing about stocks, because she says she's told that Julie had her Series 7 license. And Andrea goes, oh, well, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I was like, Andrea. I know. What is a Series 7 license? It's apparently very impressive. It means you can buy for clients, I guess. Uh-huh. And Andrea was super impressed. I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was impressive and I immediately wanted one. So after this, <laughs> I will Google how to get... Because you wanted Andrea to be impressed with you? Yeah. It's a good thing to drop it. I mean, I don't go to parties, but if I did go to a party and someone found yeah. out I had a Series 7 license, it might sound more legitimate than a theater degree. It feels like a lot mm-hmm. more legitimate. A lot of things sound more impressive than a theater degree. Yeah. Joan Rivers Fashion Police. What do you have? Julie has her feathered hair and her big poofy bow Yeah. that I think might have a different name, that kind of bow, but I don't want to say it. A secretary bow? Sure. That's what I call them. Okay, sure. Instead of a P word bow? Uh-huh. We call it a secretary bow. There we go. And Andrea is wearing a zip-up white jacket with, with the white turtleneck white collar. underneath yeah all white that is such a good look everybody looks good in that i don't yeah you do okay let me be clear that's a hard look to just rock walking around but if you were doing a video a white turtleneck when it's like this when it's just yeah. your face perfect because now the black turtleneck is ruined because of elizabeth holmes oh yeah and i love a black turtleneck so i'm just continuing to wear them because i don't i'm done well, you just can't wear your hair up like that. I can do whatever I like. She's not the boss of me. Okay. Andrea also in the pink blouse with the pink drop sparkle earrings. Mm, it she was, looks great. She looks great in pink. It's almost Barbie pink. And then she she's wearing a blue everything. V-neck dress at another point. Mm-hmm. So. Titles. Oh, my titles are not good. That's okay. I don't have that great of ones either. Two cons and a creep. Mm-hmm. Two tur- something in a half shell. No. Turtles in a librarian shell. Yeah, there we go. Getting jammed up. Yeah, you got to do jam. Yeah, jam. this episode is brought to you by the letter J. Mm-hmm. For because there's the letter, and then jam and Julie. That's good. Jam and the holograms. Yep. Jam, jam and the legal ladies. I, I I really could. I was really struggling very very hard. It's okay. I have some. Okay, good. I have letters from heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a serious title and you're welcome and I'm putting it first because I don't want to be laughed at okay a chance for Kaylee and then I did oh why did I do that oh you didn't even mention it he did a double delete of the search he said and he double deleted it and I didn't know what it meant I don't even know what that means Jam tells us that he double deleted the Google search for ethylene glycol I don't know that must be a 90s thing I don't know what double deleting is but I did double delete colon double conviction because he was convicted there twice there we go Maybe it means you put it in your trash can on your computer and then you empty the trash. Oh, that's good. And then post it in a letter. Get it? Post it in a letter. Okay. But post it was the thing that the Mm -hmm. thing was written on in Mm -hmm. the letter. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then 
And then I have jam tomorrow, jam yesterday, but never ever jam today. That was my Carol Channing impersonation. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't and that's know what staying you're in. Jam tomorrow, jam yesterday, but what never are you ever singing? jam today. What is that? It's Carol Channing. Okay. It's really old. Just okay. Don't some like three people are going to understand, and everyone <laughs> else is so going to be worth like, "Why are you those three people? Like that? Those three people are going to be flip like, out. They're that's not the so... best I've ever best impression I've heard, but they're going to appreciate it. They're going to say, "You know what? It surprised me. It caught me off guard. I spat out my coffee right. because I wasn't expecting it, and I almost crashed my car. So okay. worth it for those three people. Please don't crash your car. It's not that bad." No, drive safely. Please please drive safely. Is there any, did you get any Twitter for this or not really? Are people tweeting on Thursday nights? Uh, not that many. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Let's get the Twitter going for Thursday nights. Be excited. Dateline is yeah. doing this thing for everybody. Two yeah. episodes a week is a lot for them to be doing. They probably had to double their staff. Oh, wait. Gary Georgievich said a home computer was rare, but a plunger in the bathtub, commonplace. And I thought that was very funny. Well, it also makes sense for the plunger to be in the bathtub, so that way the plunger isn't just on the ground. But what? It still doesn't make sense. I'm trying to help. I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know why it's in the bathtub. Yeah. Stella said, Mark's defense sounds more like a plot for the next Knives Out movie than anything that remotely happened. There you go. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. And then Dateline asked, do you still talk to your childhood friend? Because two two of the people were childhood friends. And... Emma said, my childhood friend joined a cult, so I don't talk to her anymore. Oh. And then it was a picture of a photo that makes you realize that the kind of cult she's in, you're not getting her out of that cult for a while. Oh. And then You Can Call Me Ray said, can that truly be a home in Wisconsin? Not one beer can or beer sign in the home. Yeah. And I was thinking of Michael Scott and that sign that he loved so much that he had the neon St. Pauli girl. I thought that was funny. Wisconsin does have famous breweries. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, everybody. Follow us on social media. Oh, I did want to say thank you for all the kind wishes about my sickness, my COVID. No one checked on me more than Josh Mankiewicz, though. He texted me every single day, not joking. And he even called me from the airport yesterday to check on me. But now I think it will stop because he heard that my voice sounds so much better. And I think he's done now. Good. That's so sweet. I won't hear from him until next year. But he did give me the hot scoop on a dateline that he's working on that looks insane. So I'm very excited. It takes place in Orange County. He's a sweet man and he cares about you. That's very sweet. So be good this week and be your own. Beverly? Be your own. I want to do something with jam, but I I can't think of anything that's in jam. PB and jam. PB and jam? Does anybody say that? Prue on Bake Off never seems to understand Peanut butter and jelly. She's always just flummoxed that we eat that in America. She hates Americans. Let's just, sorry, <laughs> Prue. I don't know what we did to you, but I'm sorry. I'm apologizing. Follow us on Date with the Bake. That's what you can do this week. Check out a Date with the Bake if you have any interest in the great British baking show. Even if you don't, it's a fun time. So check out yeah. a Date with the Bake. And give us a review if you haven't already on Apple because it would be very nice for us. Yeah. Oh, and you can also leave us reviews on individual episodes on Spotify, which is very cool. Ooh, so yeah. thank you to people that have been doing that. That's so I, nice. You can, thank you. And you can publish the nice ones. Yay. So That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank okay, you, everybody. everybody. Be your own Beverly. Bye.
Bye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. That just like what it's like the dude from Home Alone where you're just like, oh, he just looks like some mild mannered dad. And then he turns out to be a monster because I think that actor turned out to be a monster. Is that true? I think so. Tim Allen? No, it's not Tim Allen. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. You said Home Alone, not Home Improvement. Home Alone. Who are you talking about? Home Alone Dad. John Hurt. John Hurd. And he has passed away. He's not a Hurt? Who am I thinking of? William Hurt. You're thinking of William Hurt. John Hurd. Boy, did I get that wrong. Okay. So what are you saying about him? Sorry, where where was he coming into this? Why? You know who I might be thinking of is the guy in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So Who are you thinking of? Who looks like who looks I like I don't him? know. Like the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But um, who are you sorry, who are you why did you get on this train of thought? I don't John know. The, just Mark looks like a very mild mannered man from the nineties. Still better than what my sister does. So when my sister tells a story, she introduces the characters first, even if I know them. She'll introduce, she'll yes. say, so-and-so, who remember, it's like this person, and she'll reference someone that we grow, grew up with, and every single right. time, I say, I don't remember. And, I, and now I don't. Now I lie, and I go, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And I don't yeah. remember who she's talking about, but she she equates everyone's, she'll describe their personality in, with like five or six adjectives, tell me who they were like that we grew up with, so that I can get some sort of visual image before, this is- Right, and you're like, I don't care, pre- This is all point. preamble to the actual story, and I have to apologize yeah. to you, because I'm sure I do it in a lesser version, I'm so sorry. No, Joni does the opposite, because she'll Launch be like, the middle. you'll never guess what happened to Genevieve. She's going through this divorce, and her son, who was going to go to UCLA, and I'm like, I don't know who Genevieve is. Start I have never beginning. known a Genevieve. No. Who is she? Actually, I did know a Genevieve. But like, she'll just ra- be talking about some neighbor that I've never even met. And she's telling me this life story. Like, I don't, I don't know who they, I don't care that they're getting a divorce. I'm sorry, but like, I don't know them. I've also known a Genevieve. Do we know the same Genevieve? I don't think so. Doubtful. I knew mine from work. I knew mine from Berkeley. She's an actress. She's not an actress. Okay. And I don't know why I picked such a specific name. I should have picked Sarah. So I like Genevieve, though. It's good. It's a good name. 